Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well... You were left in a lot of suspense last week. And this time we actually are doing the two-parter, no, more than that, nearly two weeks apart from when we recorded last time. Mm -hmm. We left the last pod, we left the last pod with the Freedom Rides. Mm. And we had JFK and his brother, Robert F. Kennedy, who was the Attorney General at the time, who basically ordered that the ICC, not to be confused with our other two ICCs, the Interstate Commerce Commission yep. must desegregate all interstate transport. And that mm. was where we left it. Mm. What, a, yeah. what a thriller. <laughs> what a, it's been a tough two weeks just wondering what happens <laughs> so, next. Talk about progress, right? Now people can sit where they want on a bus. They can. They, they can. can. They can. <laughs> they can. Maybe can. even listen to this podcast on the bus. <laughs> wow. Yeah, sitting where you want. I'm, really? hesitant, I'm hesitant to catch buses. Yeah, why is that? I don't know. I don't trust. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they got nothing yeah. on trains. That's for yeah, sure. exactly right. Um, I think I'd, I'd I think I'd sooner walk than catch a bus, depending on where you are. Oh, you you would have done well in Montgomery in 1955. Then I'll yeah, tell you that much. True. Yeah. Although He's I just liked- a freedom fighter just by default. Just like, <laughs> they'd be cheering yeah. him on and he'd be like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Although in London, I enjoyed catching the bus. Double-decker. Yeah. <laughs> double-decker. So mm. if if Montgomery's buses were double-decker, <laughs> you would not have participated in the boycott. Is this like the, um, I think it's probably like you sit up there, you can have a look around. It's a bit of an experience. This is a callback to the... Um, the Australia Day March. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't recall. <laughs> yeah yeah no there's just not much i feel like yeah you're not really take you're not taking in the surroundings when you're on a bus as much in the the suburbs of sydney as you are in london Mm. or the gold coast i'll put that out there i did catch a bus throughout the gold (laughs) coast quite recently yeah and you really get the vegas feel as you catch the bus from gold coast airport to presumably kind of north gold coast sea world yeah to to just about to sea world (laughs) Yeah, you really get the like Moss Eisley real place of um, hive of scum and villainy. That's is that it. What you're saying, yeah, that is, that is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> mm. Or, 
you could reframe it as they're very sex positive, but um, <laughs> I, I I quite would have liked to have been on a bus that didn't capture the scenery there, I must say. Did a band camp on the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long bus ride. Yeah. That was... <laughs> Yeah, perhaps one for the page. <laughs> <laughs> Bus rides. Now, we are going to talk about the civil rights movement, and I do want to actually get into the story pretty early on. So we left with the freedom rides, and we left with the desegregation of the ICC buses. That was in '61. We're going to fast forward until 1963, and Martin Luther King. You remember what state he was set up in? Alabama. Correct. Alabama. And <laughs> for any confusion for those that didn't quite. <laughs> Sweet home. I told Alabama. you. Uh, did I tell you my only ever speeding ticket was from. Oh, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I was so into Sweet Home Alabama driving to the South Coast. Mm. I didn't realize I was 20 Ks over the limit. Yeah. And I just see this like policeman on the, on the motorbike just like point at me like this and. At that point, uh, I knew no. that the game was up, mm. but it would take two minutes for the guy on the police motorbike to get to me, which meant I could still enjoy the last two minutes of yeah. the song before it all came to Did an end. Did you turn the music down at that point? or? Yeah, I think the song had ended. Yeah, <laughs> It was just past Kiama and yeah. I still, because it was double demerits that weekend as well. Yeah, it's rough. And that was three years ago and it's what, like three years and three months or something that it lasts on your record? Right. And so it's just, yeah, just got to get through Counting a couple, down the days. couple yeah. more months. Yeah. That's pretty impressive though, that, that you just uh, had the one speeding ticket. You, we, you know, to be a bit of a speed racer back in the day. <laughs> 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 yeah, the RAV4. I did watch it was moving. Too Fast, Too Furious the day before oh. I got my L's. <laughs> you set yourself up for success and, <laughs> No, um, speeding is wrong. We, yeah. The Mr. Mitchell History Podcast <laughs> officially well, disendorses endorse speeding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we stand against it. Goes without saying. <laughs> we, no, no, I'll say that story. No, funny funny story we really now. haven't covered much content <laughs> so far. So we're in Alabama and Martin Luther King is based in Montgomery, but there is another key city in Alabama in the civil rights movement. And that city is Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham. <laughs> Where are we? What, what are we watching that you? Well, the last saying? cricket test, the first oh, yeah, yeah, test was in Birmingham, first, and just we're just watching it one night. Like I think it must have been last week. And anytime they'd show like this wide shot of the stadium that featured any part of the city, I would just say Birmingham. <laughs> Jack Grealish. <laughs> um, now, I don't know what that means. <laughs> now Birmingham was uh, important, but it was run effectively by their public safety commissioner. That was, imagine the kind of police department and the fire department have a merger and that merger is headed by someone. I mean, his name was Bull Connor and he was the leader. He was basically the public safety commissioner for Birmingham. His real name was Eugene. Eugene. Doesn't quite have the same level of... See why he's, do you reckon he's made the nickname himself? He's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, it's Bull. <laughs> he's done a noodles. Wasn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. only the patrons will, will understand. The narrative. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so Bull Connor, effectively what he does is he cra- he's very pro-segregation and he cracks down very hard on any form of integration. Now, Martin Luther King chooses Birmingham as a tactical city to make a bit of a stand. And Martin Luther King's thinking is, 
this is one of the crown jewels. If like Montgomery is one, but probably Birmingham is even a greater crown jewel. If we can desegregate Birmingham, that will have a contagious effect to the rest of the world. The same way as like if the Soviet Union doesn't become communist anymore, decommunism will spread across the world. Mm. And so he picks Birmingham as his target. How do you desegregate Birmingham? Well, what he does, they're called the, they're, they're basically just called the great the they're basically just called the Birmingham sit-ins. And what he does is he leads a bunch of people, mainly students, um, both white and black. They kind of link arm in arm and they march through Birmingham um, and they go to segregated counters and they sit in at, at like black people sat at whites only sections in uh, different pubs and, and places in Birmingham. Bull Connor doesn't like that. Mm. Bull Connor takes out the fire hose mm. and he gets his fire department to start spraying the marches with high powered fire hoses. He also, did you ever play black ops? A little no. bit. Yeah. Little only around at friends. Uh, so the number, the highest kill streak was the attack dogs. Mm-hmm. And Bull Connor sent the attack dogs on the marches. Mm. Martin Luther King was being very strategic. He decided that if they're going to send fire hoses and attack dogs, and this is a huge opportunity for us, we can do something with this. Who would you put to receive the, the fire hoses and the attack dogs? Who would you put in the front lines? Maybe like children? Perhaps? Exactly. Five-year-old, wow. six-year-old children. Mm. Bull Connor mm. hits them with the attack dogs. Oh. Hits, hits them with the fire hoses. And it's like, like bowling poor- bounces at your five-year-old cousin <laughs> on Christmas Day. You're like, no, you're one of us now. <laughs> Kim, when you said merger before, like what characters here are, like what could they relate to to suits characters? Like, <laughs> is Martin Luther King, is he Jessica Pearson? Like... Who's bull? Who's the bull guy? Lewis, he? It has to be Lewis Litt. You reckon? Uh, okay. Well, he's he's the bull in in the uh, in the early episodes. About like Sean Cahill. <laughs> really? <laughs> Harold Gunderson. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna keep moving the story on. <laughs> We're gonna let that one through to the keeper. Okay. So. Basically, what happens is Martin Luther King puts the the six-year-olds up to be hosed down, causes a lot of controversy because is it ethically right to put children in the front line, effectively using them as child soldiers for your cause? Martin Luther King's rationale is it's kind of like it's it's a temporary hit that you've got to take that will lead to them having much better lives down the track. And that's kind of his rationale. And so Martin Luther King gets imprisoned. He gets chucked into Birmingham jail. He's there for about two weeks. He's not allowed a lawyer to be present. So <laughs> to kind of bring the suits arc around. <laughs> he's I'll not allowed represent myself. <laughs> he's yeah, <laughs> not allowed Robert Zane to come in. Mm. Um, and so basically what happens is he writes this really important letter um, called the letter from Birmingham jail. And that's one of his most well-known bits of writing. And so this is going on. This is capturing national attention and this is creating a lot of public backlash against Bull Connor and against Birmingham segregation laws. Bull Connor eventually has to step down as public safety commissioner. And that is seen as a huge win for the civil rights movement to basically take down the biggest segregated area in perhaps all of the South. But 
1963 has other important events in it. Mm. Mm. Little trip down the main street in Dallas. Yeah, that is correct. Um, yes, to kind it of. It was mind blowing, really, oh. what he saw. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Too soon, too soon. <laughs> September 22? Is that, is that it? September 22, when what happened? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when, um, yeah, when JFK. November. November. But right. what happened before then? There was important context in the build up. JFK, he goes to Congress. Now, remember, JFK is the president, which means he actually doesn't have control of, of Congress effectively. He's president of the executive branch of government, which is different to being the, the house leader of Congress. So he goes to Congress and he makes a speech saying, I am asking you guys to pass a civil rights bill. And effectively in that civil rights bill, um, it bans any form of discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, or national origin in kind of four key areas. So you can't discriminate on race for employment, for receiving federally assisted programs, for kind of access to public facilities and for accommodation. In none of those areas are you allowed to practice segregation and the federal government has the power to desegregate any schools that practice segregation. Effectively, we have the right to send the army in should you try and do a segregated school. And he proposes that bill to Congress. Now, in America, their system is quite different to Australia. If Albo proposed a bill to the lower house of parliament, would that bill get through parliament? Well, maybe. Like, it, yeah. It would have to go through the two houses, right? Yeah, like, but like, would it get through just the, the House of Reps? Oh, yes, because like they have mm. the majority. Yeah, Labor's got a majority. And in Australia, we have something called high party discipline, which is basically you all vote, you vote as a block all the time. Mm. You never dog your alliance unless the leader of the party calls for a conscience vote, which is not quite common for social issues. So only in a conscience vote can you actually vote against your party. In, in the lower house, that is. Now, in America, they don't have anywhere near the same degree of party discipline that we have in Australia. And that requires someone called a whip. Have you heard of the whip before? Cool whip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Brian. Cool whip. So the whip is responsible for making sure everyone's voting in accordance with the party's interests and making mm. sure that Democrats don't flip. And in America, because they're such a culturally different nation, you've got Democrats in the South that will often vote against what Northern Democrats do because they know their constituents would never go for it. And yeah. so it's like same thing as when Trump was impeached, right? There were Democrats who voted against the impeachment because they were in Southern states and they knew that if they voted for impeachment, they would lose their seat at the next election. Mm. So JFK does not think he he's not... 100% confident he's got the numbers to get the civil rights bill through Congress. And he's not 100% sure that the Democrats will, uh, will side with him and that even a lot of Republicans would side with him either. Martin Luther King has an idea. He's like, basically, um, we're going to organize something called the March on Washington. Does that ring any bells? How different is it from January 6th? <laughs> <laughs> a very different march, I would say. Both involve think, the rise of the South, but... Yeah. Um, is it like there's a like thousands and thousands of people outside the Washington... Is it the Washington Monument? Yeah. That's the one with the, the pointy thing? Yeah. And there's like a stage there. 
and does Martin Luther King speak at that? He does speak at that. Yeah. And what does he like? What does he say? Does I, he have a dream? He has a dream. A dream. Now, <laughs> very different to I don't know when you did news in primary school. Remember news? Like show and tell was what people would call it. Oh yeah. Yep. Did any? Did you ever go through the phase of I had a dream? And you would just make up a bizarrely random story under the guise of my news was that I had this dream. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That um, was it. Was really commonplace yeah. in, my, in my primary school. Yeah. I and still, like, I do that now. True. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we do have a group chat called <laughs> Yeah, Sweet yeah, Dreams, where we do share our, our dreams. But it would be like, and then. This happened, and then General Grievous yeah. appeared, yeah. and then Pokemon. Uh, then sorry, then Pikachu like thunderbolted General Grievous, and then um, um, John Howard. No, sorry, I mean, I mean, like that would so obviously just a made up story on the fly. And then if the teacher was like, "Come on," you'd be like, "Oh, it's my truth. Stop denying me my truth." Now, Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech was very different to that "I Have a Dream" speech. Yeah. I must add, yeah. One thing that's often forgotten about is that the March on Washington has a second half that everyone forgets. It's the March on Washington for jobs and freedom. And there's a huge economic component about Martin Luther King that really gets forgotten about in the kind of rewriting of his life story. He was an economic advocate as much as he was a kind of racial equality advocate. And he actually, at the end of his life, he discussed making a multiracial army of the poor. That was kind of the language that Martin Luther King was using at the end. But anyway, effectively what happens is 250,000 people show up at the March on Washington. All of this event is entirely gathered around building support for the Civil Rights Bill. And in that way, they can pressure their local Congress, uh, congressional representative to vote in favour of the bill. JFK calls Martin Luther King and he says, don't do it. He said, this is more likely to antagonize people um, than it will gain their support. And JFK's calculation was, it'll be really popular with the people who are already supporting the bill, but it could actually push fringe people over the edge and uh, in opposition of the bill. Mm. Martin Luther King says, no, I've got this. And then he assassinates him. Hang on. What? Uh, fake history. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. I don't know. Is Martin Luther King on the grass? You know all this. Yeah. <laughs> no, but who assassinated who is the one? I want to yeah. know. Like, <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. Um, Are there conspiracies about that at all? About that Martin Luther King assassinated <laughs> JFK? I Surely someone. <laughs> Surely someone. This is why I want to silence free speech. Today. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure there probably is somewhere. Yeah. Definitely. Could there be a gap in the market as distasteful as it may be? Do you think Lee Harvey Oswald did it, Ken? I'll be honest. It is actually an area of history I have given zero attention to. Interesting. So your average person would know way more about the assassination than I would. Mm. I just just don't care. Like, I'm like, eh, it's old news now. (laughs) Don't care. Don't care. But we have two (laughs) other assassinations that are, I reckon, are bigger conspiracies than the JFK one that we are going to discuss today. John Lennon? (laughs) <laughs> Shinzo Abe <laughs> um, so, so, no. <laughs> so put it on the record Just so we're all on the same page Martin Luther King Did not as far as we know <laughs> Assassinate JFK 
I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Martin Luther King, he gives his eye of a dream speech. Crowd goes crazy. Um, thankfully, they put him at the very end. Can you imagine if you left the March on Washington being mm. like, oh, this thing's a bit of a bit of a <laughs> bit of a flop. Yeah. Mm. I thought this would be cooler. <laughs> it's a hot day today. Yeah. Um, but Martin Luther King does give his speech at the very end. Yeah, it's like a like imagine a musical artist. They just play their bangers at the start and then you just gotta sit through the the album tracks well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and imagine having to follow my like being the guy who had to follow up Martin Luther King yeah yeah, like, very true. yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, we have a dream but but yeah. but super is where we can really hit the <laughs> <laughs> transition your super across hit in the pocketbooks <laughs> yeah. yeah industry, industry v- Vietnam <laughs> was a thing going on at that very time early as days well. v- yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't in its full swing okay yeah so yeah. do you reckon the speech was like the fo- his speech was like the final part, or do you reckon there was like a, all right, guys, so there's going to be sandwiches down in the courtyard <laughs> if, you, if you guys want to hang around. And- Tea and coffee will be provided. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, that's why we have you on the pod, asking the real questions <laughs> that the government doesn't want you to know about. Anyway, JFK was wrong. Martin Luther King was right. Uh, I Have a Dream was a roaring success and basically um, it got a lot of support. But here was the issue. JFK didn't live to see the Civil Rights Bill come into force. So JFK... Sorry, to clarify, when when was the I Have a Dream speech? Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I think that was September. Right. Okay. So right before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shivers. I, you can fact check me on that, but I believe it was September. I was around about August, September of 63, I think was was when he when he gave the speech so jfk gets assassinated on november uh, same day c.s lewis died if i'm not mistaken fun fact for you um and then um that means that the vice president ascends to the presidency mm. would you happen to know who the vice president was at the time so lyndon baines johnson correct johnson. and so lbj he who, who i think I reckon he, I reckon he did it. He, he turn the game. <laughs> I wrote a, he had wrote an essay in, had um, so many gain. Wrote, wrote an essay in, in history about, like about the JFK assassination. Could have been LBJ. He just wanted the top job. He didn't pull the trigger though. No, no, but it could have been him. But mm. he uh, pulling strings, pulling strings. Because um, hard to say. If I'm not mistaken, is Frank Underwood from House of Cards based on LBJ? I haven't seen the show. Because, like, uh, Frank Underwood is this, like, really conniving Machiavellian politician who does, you know, spoiler alert, or- orchestrate assassinations in the show. Hmm. And so, and he's this, he's this Southern Democrat that speaks like LBJ. And as far as, I, as far as, when I watched it, I was like, it seems like they're just trying to recreate LBJ here. Anyway, LBJ, he was from Texas, and so he was from the South. And in his earlier days, LBJ was actually pretty supportive of segregation. But in the 40s, he kind of changed his tune. And so LBJ becomes the president. And basically, um, JFK, like, his stocks are sky high in terms of popularity. Mm. He's just this martyr now. Um, The cool guy president is now a national hero uh, without really doing anything different just because he died at the prime of his life which kind of creates the kind of myth that's built around him. And so LBJ tries to capitalize on that. And basically he is the one who passes the civil rights act and he does it as kind of fulfilling JFK's legacy. And as much as LBJ can run in JFK's lane, that's going to help him at the polling booth. If he's like the one who's finishing off the work that the hero couldn't finish. Sort of a, 
Dom Perrottet, Gladys Berejik. <laughs> I was going with <laughs> Kyla Ren, Darth Vader. <laughs> I will finish what we started. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's time to let us finish the job is kind of the, <laughs> the branding he was going for. And that then brings us to our next big thing. So there's two key laws that were passed in the Civil Rights Movement. One was the Civil Rights Act. The other was the Voting Rights Act. And... The critics of the civil rights movement, the criticism they level against Martin Luther King was he should have gone for voting rights first. Because if you get voting rights, then you've got power. Without voting rights, you don't have any power. And then you can pass all the other reforms you want once you secure voting rights. Mm. I mean, if there's ever an armchair critic to like, (laughs) no, you should have passed it that way. (laughs) Drive. (laughs) Um. I, I would be very hesitant and very slow to speak of uh, <laughs> just some constructive... Hey, Martin. Yeah. Just <laughs> a little bit of feedback for your, for your yearly review. <laughs> One, your speech was good. Yeah. You're Two. Compliment sandwich. This, <laughs> this was not good. You could have done it this way. Three, you have a good moustache. <laughs> and so... Basically, the Voting Rights Act is the thing that's next targeted in 1965. So, sorry, on the criticism, like, was there a reason he targeted the civil rights one? Because I do think there's some merit, right, to getting the voting one first. Mm. Like, was there a particular strategy or was that just how it kind of played out? And that's a great question to ask because the Martin Luther King, he was like, well, the Constitution does guarantee African-Americans the right to vote. There's the 15th Amendment that was passed after slavery was abolished that allows all African-Americans to vote. And so right. he, he was like, well, we do have that right already, so I'm going to focus on civil rights, first of all, because gotcha. we have that right. So then you might be thinking, well, why do they need to pass a Voting Rights Act if they already constitutionally have the right to vote? Um, it was because the southern states would put all sorts of roadblocks to prohibit people from voting that were often targeted towards African-Americans. So you had to pass like a 20-page literacy test, which if you've grown up with the segregated school system and with um, coloured schools being severely underfunded, you're probably not going to pass. You mm-hmm. put most Australians to pass a 20-page literacy test today, there's a fair amount that wouldn't pass that test to vote. They mm-hmm. also had to do a citizenship test. In If you are a migrant, you have to do a citizenship test to gain citizenship and to vote. Um, and it's got questions like, what do you call it when you want to change the constitution in Australia? I reckon most Australians wouldn't know what a referendum is, like up until The Voice. Like, mm. I reckon a lot of Australians wouldn't know what that is. Um, and so basically... You say The Voice as if like the TV yeah. show. <laughs> Seal. Yeah. <That's> <laughs> so they also did other things like good character tests, which are really arbitrary. Um, mm. So... If you had a misdemeanor, you would not be allowed to vote. And if you sat at so a white... you wouldn't be allowed to vote if you had a speeding... speeding well, no, they're not. If you read any job application, they make it very clear, I just want to put this on record, that speeding fines do not, and parking tickets do not count as criminal activity. There you go. Until it reaches a certain point, I imagine. Yeah. Reckless driving yeah. is, a, <laughs> is a crime. <laughs> so I just want to put that on record. I, I, I'm not a criminal. <laughs> this is all above board. Now, no, yeah, I, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but think, think about it, right? If you had participated in a sit-in, then you'd committed a misdemeanor and you couldn't vote. Yeah, so if you defied wow. segregation laws, you sat at the wrong part of the bus. 
you'd committed a misdemeanor. You might not be able to vote. And so uh, basically it was a pretty, um, pretty sly way of denying African-American people the right to vote. And in some cases, the voting rate was as low as 6% of African-Americans being able to vote in their state or actually voting. Because obviously, like when it comes to America, half the population just doesn't vote because they vote on a Tuesday and they don't want to take the day off work to go and vote or they just really don't care. So you kind of account for that half, okay, 50% of people don't vote. Still, 6% out of that 50 is a really... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Low number. Mm. Like, it's, yeah, they have like six African-Americans. Is, is this correct math? Would six, Af- is six out of 50. What's, it's 12%. 12%. <laughs> 12% of those that. And so that be is that, that can I represent that as a ratio of six two fifty? Is uh, that correct maths? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to put uh, some record. No, it be the other way. No, around. yeah. Ben is a Ben is a mathematician no, here. You can't represent that as that. <laughs> okay. Oh wait. No, you can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Really topsy-turvy <laughs> podcast. Did Martin Luther King kill JFK? <laughs> Make a decision, mate. Did conviction. Can six to fifty be represented as a ratio? Let's move on. <laughs> anyway, so what happens is in the summer of sixty four, we start to see voting drives go on in the south, where we actually see people from the north come down to help African Americans pass these tests and tutor them in English, and it's basically this huge voting drive. And what the NAACP did was the NAACP hold a mock, held a mock vote in, the, in Mississippi where hundreds of thousands of African-Americans voted. And their point was, if you give them a chance, they will vote. The 6% and the low ratios are not a result of them not wanting to vote. It's because you are putting roadblocks towards them actually voting. Mm. Long story short, the KKK doesn't like this very much and the KKK... Um, Wait, why do they get a say? The KKK, like, of course they're not going to like it, but who cares? Like, well, what they start, do- what they start doing? Yeah, so they're not. Sorry, I won't add. They're not viewed as like a legitimate union. <laughs> um, they uh, don't resort to yeah, like letters to to politicians. Bombshell. Um, they bomb, and so Birmingham, Wait, what? they 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 literally bomb black churches. Yeah, that's their strategy. Wow. Um, Aggressive. Birmingham was known as... Birmingham. Birmingham. 
close bombing him ah. because of what the KKK was doing. Right I reckon that was Burning Man. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon that's better. I reckon, I reckon Burning Man was floated in the, yeah. in the discussion. Yeah. <laughs> the journos around the table. I prefer it to bombing him, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think it's got more, yeah. <laughs> and so the KKK had this huge counter reaction. I will also add this. We won't go too much into how the kind of primary system works because we don't have all day. But in America, to become the nominee for your party, you've got to win your primaries. Mm -hmm. So, like, Trump has to beat DeSantis to get the Republican primary to beat Biden in 24. Now, the system works is that you've got delegates that represent areas and they vote for a candidate at at the party conference. So you have a delegate for kind of, like, Southern Mississippi or whatever. Now, the Democrats had actually stopped... Uh, African-Americans from being able to nominate delegates. And so what happened was basically these rogue delegates rocked up at the Democratic National Conference and were like, we're here to cast our vote. And they're like, but you weren't an appointed candidate. And they were like, exactly. And basically they're like, we, we, we are here to cast a vote for who we want to be the president and the representative of the Democratic Party. And Basically, they came to a deal with LBJ where LBJ says, you don't get a vote this time, but we will pass bylaws that prevent the Democrats from ever prohibiting someone on the basis of race to vote in the primary process. And they take that offer. LBJ, he wins the election in 64 and basically becomes the president on his own terms now. And then in 1965, he passes the Voting Rights Act, which basically... Uh, prohibits things like good character, like all those tests that I spoke about before. So poll taxes, literacy tests, good character tests, constitutional interpretation tests, they're all done away with. And so now the African-Americans cannot, now African-Americans cannot be denied the vote on the basis of their race. I'm going to bring in some new characters into the story though. I want to finish with, I think this gets way more interesting here. The cinematic universe expands. It does. What do you want, who do you want to learn about first? Malcolm X or the Black Panthers? Ooh. No pun intended with Ben's prior comment. Wait, what was my prior comment? The Marvel Cinematic Universe Experience. Oh, yeah, very good. Um, let's, say, let's go Malcolm. Okay. Show me Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> now, Malcolm X was born as Malcolm Little. Hmm. And basically... He, Unrelated to Stuart. I was <laughs> 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 thinking Malcolm in the middle, so that, one, that one's better. <laughs> That's why we workshop it. And so basically he was born Malcolm Little and he grew up with his dad being killed in a car accident. That was the official ruling. The much broader belief was that he was lynched by white people mm. and that it wasn't an accident. And Malcolm X's father was a big fan of a guy called Marcus Garvey, who was this black pride guy. Like we shouldn't be ashamed of ourselves, kind of hinted at black separatism in that we should create a new black nation in North America to represent the interest because the white man won't. And he gets really into that. He's also extremely intelligent. Like he was top of his class, ducks of his school, but he was told by his teachers that it's impossible for a black man to be a lawyer in the South. Hmm. And so they tell him you should be a a carpenter instead. 
Malcolm X doesn't like that very much. And basically he gets involved in like all sorts of crime, like um, kind of like theft, car robbery, prostitution. And he's kind of in that industry. He eventually gets uh, arrested, put in jail. And in, while in jail, he converts to Islam. Except he converts to <clears throat> what, what I imagine all, most Muslims would call a cult sect of Islam. Most Muslims would not recognize the nation of Islam as legitimate Islam. Wait, what's the nation? Is that the cult? That's the cult that he joins. So it's right. led by a guy called Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And basically, the nation of Islam, it's kind of like black power Islam. That right. that God himself uh, was black and that uh, basically Islam began with black people um, and that it's represented, it's, whereas Christianity is a weak religion that embraces like grace and forgiveness um, and that kind of weakens black people towards the white man. Um, the Nation of Islam teaches black strength. Right. That was kind of the brand that Malcolm X got into. And so basically, he, when he left prison, he was the spokesperson for the Nation of Islam. And he was the better spokesperson than Elijah Muhammad was. And basically, kind of rallied people towards black power. So he kind of had a number of interesting quotes. I'll go through like just one or two of them. Uh, one of them was he said, what happens when you pour milk into coffee? It becomes weak <laughs> in the same way when we kind of mix the black man with the white man, we weaken out, we weaken our black power. Mm. And so he's really pushing the kind of black separatist narrative and the black pride narrative. And basically kind of, he can, arti- like Martin Luther King can be played on TV. Malcolm X is not safe for kids. And he actually attracts a lot more of a radical following than, than Martin Luther King does. Um, he was incredibly well-spoken, incredibly intelligent, and he had a number of, of, like, basically, it was the original version of, like, Ben Shapiro owns, like, college <laughs> students. And it was Malcolm X doing that to TV reporters, um, except he was dragging them in, in a significantly more radical direction. Really interestingly, Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad have a falling out. A lot of people put this down to Elijah Muhammad sleeping with underage girls and therefore committing statutory rape and Malcolm X being horrified at that. Now, that could be that could be part of it, but there is some evidence that suggests that Malcolm X also engaged with affairs of people not underage, but, but not far from it, like 17, 18. Mm. And I would argue that there's also another reason as to why Malcolm X fell out with Elijah Muhammad and I would argue that it was to do with JFK's assassination. So when JFK gets assassinated, Elijah Muhammad gives an order to the nation of Islam that no one say anything negative about him because he's like, we'll just shoot ourselves in the foot. No one will support us if we, if we, if we um, criticize JFK. Mm. We've got to just toe the party. I know we don't love like white liberal America, but we've got to toe the party line here. Malcolm X doesn't. And basically he said, white people, that's what was coming to you. Oh, and like kind of gave this yet yeah, quite provocative statement afterwards. And then that was that for me, that was the beginning of the falling out between the two. Eventually what happened, um, Malcolm X softened a lot towards the end of his life. So he went on a pilgrimage to Mecca. And while he was at Mecca, he saw um, most Muslims who actually aren't black, um, all kind of gathering together um, and got, having a very peaceful uh, pilgrimage to Mecca. That transforms him a lot. And when he sees kind of the peace of Islam rather than the militancy of Islam, 
that actually softens him a lot. And at the end of his life, he was a lot more pro integration than he was in his like earlier years. Mm. But he got shot. But he got what? He got shot. He got killed. Mm. The assassins, so the three, the three of them, two of them were released in 2021. One of them is still alive in jail today. Wow. Not released, and by released, exonerated, declared not guilty. Wow. On like, on the basis of what? On the basis of faulty evidence that was, that, and kind of the kind of prosecution neglecting a whole bunch of stuff and leaving out evidence from the time. I'm not heaped across the exact details of the court mm. case. Um, it was done by the Innocence Project. Oh, yeah. I've heard of them. Okay. Is that one? Is that in Suits? It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that, they're like the pro bono stuff. Yeah. That Rachel like Zane. Does. Yeah. yeah. Takes on the... Interesting. <laughs> and so that's Malcolm Malcolm X. And that's a really interesting... So when was what he kind killed? of... Yeah, 65, time. I believe. So they were, those guys must be pretty old by now. Yeah, they're like 82 or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah but he had like a quite a big impact, didn't he? Huge. Malcolm? I don't know. Um, I'd, so nine, 1968 Olympics, the uh, the salute. Do you know what I'm talking I about? I actually don't. So the Olympics, I think, is like in Mexico. And... Uh, the 200 meter final, um, American athlete wins, African American athlete wins gold medal, mm. and uh, another African American wins bronze. And during the national anthem, uh, they like put their their fist in the air and have their heads down, um, which is quite a powerful. Mm. Mm. You would know the photo. I yeah, I, I, I can picture the photo. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, the silver medalist was an Australian and the Australian didn't like put his hand up, but he was like wearing a human rights pin. Um, and Peter Norman, who was the Australian was basically like ostracized by Australia. Like he still holds that to like, he still is in the sixties still has the fastest 200 meter time of an Australian or, but like he wasn't invited to be a part of the the Sydney Olympics at all or anything and he's just was kind of thrown thrown out by the Australian Olympic Committee and um yeah I had no idea about that yeah I know know the photo you're talking about yeah I don't know the backstory of Peter Norman yeah so he Peter Norman had a statue I think put up yeah a statue erected uh, in Melbourne, I think, at the Olympic uh, Centre down there. But, yeah, like, not until after his death has he was he really, like... I think his family, like, received a formal apology and... Wow. I don't know too much of the intricacies, but I know, like, it, after that kind of moment where he supported that movement, he was mm. thrown out and, for years after. And that's really interesting because in... Like, you can almost split the civil rights movement in half... So from in the 60s, so from 60 to 64, you've got the like uh, PG friendly civil rights movements. I have a dream. Let's do the sit-ins. And then from 65 to the to 1970, really, you've got the black power movement, which is not safe for kids because it, it has violent components in it. Yeah. Um, and even just association with that could be pretty damaging for someone um, because it's not as universally supported as 
kind of the non-controversial stuff is. I think that 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 salutes like a black black power, power symbol, yeah. but I think they they might have they did it with the other hand or something because they didn't want it to be a black power symbol. Yeah. But it's still it's still kind of yeah, a bit like that. But um, power like a powerful kind of image, I guess. And mm. I don't know. Probably I've fumbled through that, but worth, no, 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 that was, worth looking at more. Yeah, <laughs> Peter Norman, mm. and it's because it's really interesting that you, that you say that because. You've got Malcolm X and his assassination. I should also add about Malcolm X. The Nation of Islam's teaching was not that we should be violent, but that if we get attacked, we hit back. Whereas Martin Luther King was all non-violence. You get hit, you take the beating, capture it on video, show the world, and that will kind of sway public opinion. But you've also got the Black Panthers. And the Black Panthers, it's, it's, it's really interesting because they effectively were a group of full-time volunteers, around about 5,000 uh, at a time, um, who gave up their entire lives to be part of the Black Panthers and they would receive money on donations to kind of keep the um, yeah. organisation going. They would go around with shotguns, mm. patrolling police and making sure police were not violating laws. So they're actually, like, wow. the kind of rep- the reputation they have is that they were thugs. Mm. They were experts in criminal law and if they saw a black oh, wow. person approached by the police person... They would go in with their gun, which they were legally allowed to do, and they would actually inform the black person of their rights and inform the police officer, and they knew the, they knew the law even better than the police officer, and say, you cannot do this, you cannot do this, you cannot do this. This is the rights a person has. And, yeah, they would walk around with guns. If you read their charter, their charter's interesting. They wanted a UN-supervised uh, referendum on whether they should have a separate country in North America or not. Mm. That's like, that's what they were advocating for. But they also did social programs. They had like um, almost kind of like soup kitchens for black kids before they go yeah. to school of the morning. Yeah. Uh, Cause they kind of picked up on the fact that, you know, master the morning, master the day, healthy breakfast helps your results massively in school. And so, um, that, and they were all, they were kind of like, they had a bit of a renegade image of like people wanted mm. to be a black Panther. And they saw it, they said, no, like embrace, in, in, embrace black culture, um, grow your, grow your Afro out and be proud of who yeah. you are as, as, a, as a person. And that, like, that was all, all really interesting. Um, but people actually wanted like the image of the Black Panther looked pretty cool as you just kind of walking down California with your shotgun out and kind of like leather jacket and everything. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was a bit of a cool image to have in the sixties. The really interesting, interesting. thing. So Jade Yehuva also had like the like the is that where the Panther Prowl soundbite came from? Did the rah. I I took me very long to realize that Panthers so. aren't, aren't actually animals. What do you mean? They're like as in there's not a species. It's just uh, black pigmentation of um, leopards and other big cats. So they're not, they're not. But you would call that a panther though. Yeah, but it's not like genetically, there's nothing separate about it. Yeah. A black panther is a melanistic color variant of the leopard and the jaguar. So, you know, there's like a conspiracy that there actually are panthers. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard this? I I thought that was just a gag. Are you getting serious? Like people, I mean, people claim that there's been sightings of panthers in the lower blue mountains. I've I've heard so when I got my speeding fine I was 
down, going down the South Coast yeah. to a little town called Bendalong. Yeah. And so there's like Bendalong Manana. There's kind of a stretch together. If you go through the Manana, um, like residents Facebook page, there are reported sightings of a panther down in Manana. Yeah. In the in 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 the bush. Yeah. Yeah. Who's to say, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, two equally well presented cases here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we to decide who's right? I mean, they saw it. <laughs> but I don't know. Like Tas- Tasmanian tigers and stuff have been around. Yeah. In the past, um, thylacine could be hiding out somewhere. The which we've spoken about a lot Panthers. of conspiracies. Today, <laughs> <laughs> this sign this is really the biggest. But yeah, of the did Marley give you a date? Black Panthers. At, the um the like rugby league Penrith Panthers and the Carolina Panthers NFL team I think whenever they make like a good tackle or something the Panther Prowl plays over the the PA system and it's um just great atmosphere so because <laughs> um, the the other interesting thing about the Black Panthers that I wanted to talk about was they were really pro Second Amendment like you often think of like when you think of who are the yeah. most pro gun guys you think of the the white redneck from the south. Mm-hmm it was the Black Panthers who were most ardently pro Second Amendment because obviously they needed to go around with their guns to counter the police was their kind of rationale. Mm. Now, Ronald Reagan was the governor of California at the time. And Ronald... (laughs) (laughs) Reagan smash. And Ronald Reagan is... Like a family guy thing, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um... Reagan is known as being the really pro-guns guy from the 1980s. Like, he's Republican, he's conservative, and part of his conservative movement was pro-Second Amendment in the 80s and close work with the NRA. Reagan actually passed a whole bunch of uh, anti-Second Amendment laws in the 60s to limit the power of the Black Panthers. Often forgotten about, people don't often remember that. J. Edgar Hoover, who was the FBI director at the time... Um, called them a terrorist group. And so it's a really interesting case study into how people's kind of politics actually just shift with circumstance and a really good insight into are politicians actually as ideological as what we think or are they controlled by interest groups? I'm always going to go with they're controlled by interest groups and you vote in a way which in which that interest group best helps the, the public. But I think it was... um. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting thing that people forget about. I do want to finish with Martin Luther King's assassination. Mm. Actually, we could do we could even do another assassination on top of that. Maybe not. But mm. Martin Luther King. Do you remember his last speech that he gave? No. I've been to the promised know. land. Does that ring any bells? Okay. No, it doesn't. So the... Uh, yeah, I feel like I might have... Um, read about this at school yeah so the parallel that martin luther king draws is between him and moses mm. so in the same way that moses didn't enter the promised land um in in the book of numbers in the bible yeah I he see. he will not enter the promised land with his fellow african americans and he says i've been to the top of the mountain referring to mount sinai mm. so i've been to the top of the mountain and i've seen the promised land and i may not get there with you but we will be a people that will reach the promised land. That is that is the speech that he gives the next day he's next shot. Day. Wow. Yeah. And like really kind of poetic ending to yeah. his life. He was assassinated by a guy called James Earl Ray. Mm. 
that kind of speech almost plays into last week how you were talking about the the con- or not the conspiracy but the CIA were trying to force him to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Seems like it could be a setup or something. Well, that's Fishy the thing. going on. All of I mean, again, I'm not super well read on the conspiracy behind the case. Mm. All of Martin Luther King's children claim that James Earl Ray wasn't the assassin. So James Earl Ray, he can so he initially he fled to Heathrow Airport and then was taken back. And I think he went through Portugal on way on way there. He confessed to it and then he later recanted. And all of Martin Luther King's children say that it wasn't him. Conspiracy, look. I don't, I don't really have any more information on it apart from that, that we could fall down that rabbit hole another day. Yeah. The really interesting thing was the reaction. And there were riots that were really significant in both the North and the South. One of the most interesting stories, and this is the one I want to finish on, was Robert Kennedy. So Robert Kennedy was still alive. And Robert Kennedy, so JFK's brother, his attorney general, it was 1968. LB, which means it's an election year. LBJ did not run for re-election in 68 because he was so unpopular from the Vietnam War. That left a gap for a Democrat president to, to pop up. Robert F. Kennedy was one of the favorites to kind of take that. The night that Martin Luther King is assassinated, Robert F. Kennedy was on his way to give, I think it was in Indianapolis, if I'm not, I think that was the city where he gave the speech. He's en route to give a campaign speech and in the car he gets news that Martin Luther King's being killed and he's speaking to a primarily a black crowd. So he's like, what the, like, what do I do here? In the car, like Martin Luther King with his first speech, again, such a poetic kind of yeah. round, like roundabout Full way. circle. Yeah. He writes his speech. If you look it up, it's on YouTube. It's really interesting. And in that speech, basically he says, you have every right to be filled with hatred. And he says... As weird as this may sound, I know what you're feeling because my brother was killed by an assassin. Mm. We can respond with hate. We can start a riot, um, but that will undo all the work of racial harmony that Martin Luther King's been fighting for. You have every right. If you want to go right, you have every right to do it because you are angry and you are rightfully angry, but that will be undoing his work. And basically kind of gave this speech um, and he, he, he was the one that broke the news to them as well. Because again, we, we don't have phones to kind of get the news. Mm. So he's like, I've got terrible news. Martin Luther King's been killed. And you just hear this like wailing from the crowd. It's really chilling to mm. hear about it. And kind of gives gives the speech. And eventually what happens is kind of he actually calms the crowd down. And that was one of the very few cities that didn't result in a riot. Whereas you kind of got huge riots everywhere else across the nation. Really interestingly, Robert F. Kennedy gets assassinated too. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Jeez. A couple years later? No, a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my Crazy. gosh. It's, it's a bit going on. <laughs> and what do they know about who did that? Uh, actually, I, don't really, I haven't looked into it. it was, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was in a hotel. Um, and I think it was someone, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was political in the sense of they wanted to stop him from being a presidential candidate. That is all I know mm. about that one. Dangerous game. Yeah, yeah the 60s. Like, it was just... Like, it was nuts. Mm. We could do so many episodes on on 60s politics. Mm. And so, there's more to the civil rights movement than that. We're just really scratching the surface with what we're talking about. Each little bit that we've discussed 
over the last two weeks could be its own episode topic in itself. Definitely. But that's the civil rights movement in in, in a short summary. Mm. Wow. I've learned a lot. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that. I feel like we covered some real ground. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Cam. Yeah. No, you're 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 very welcome. It's yeah, bit of a bit of a like change of tune from often like we bounce between Australian politics, which is primarily silly mm. where where we go. <laughs> um, and obviously we had a fair share of sillies today, but it it, it is quite like this the, the the ending, like that's why I love when I teach it to students. I love ending in sixty eight, even though there's mm. more that happens after sixty eight. Yeah. Just because like who could write a script like that where the guy who delivers the news that Martin Luther King died has to deliver it in the same way that Martin Luther King had to write his first speech that put him on the map. And then he shares the same fate that Martin Luther King has and the same fate that his brother has. Mm. Like, it's just like, it's a destiny. Like it's way better than any fictional piece you could write. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know what to say. Till next week. Till next week. See you then.